This is the Bad Batch podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're chatting about the Bad Batch finale, episode 16, Camino Lost. This is what happens when you let a kid call the shots. The kid saved your life. Unlike the Empire, who left you for dead. That's your problem, Hunter. You take things too personally. They destroyed an entire city. They did what needed to be done. Camino, Rex, the Republic. That time is over. The Empire will control the entire galaxy. And I am going to be a part of it. Hunter, you made the wrong choice. Don't fool yourself. All you'll ever be to them is a number. Welcome back, fellow troopers, to TV Podcast Industries. This is the Bad Batch Podcast, and we're looking at Star Wars The Bad Batch, Episode 16, the finale, Camino Lost. I'm one of your galactic hosts, John. I'm one of your other hosts, Derek. And rounding out this trio of stormtrooping, Bad Batch-loving heroes, podcasters, I am Chris. We are at the finale of Season 1 of The Bad Batch. We certainly are. 16 weeks of the Bad Batch of Star Wars. Our first time into Star Wars. Our first, our, only our second animation of the year, right? Um, yes. Yeah. So, uh, lots of new, new things that we were doing with this, uh, with this series. Yeah. Definitely. But fellow troopers, we are just moving into our third podcast on an animated series right. with Marvel Studios What If. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in animation, uh, if you're interested in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in uh, color and pencils and in animation, then uh, you can also check on out uh, our Marvel What If coverage uh, over at tvpodcastindustries.com where you can subscribe to the podcast uh, and pick any good or evil podcast player of your choice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. It is on Disney Plus, so you already have that. We know that because you watch the Bad Batch on there. So, <laughs> so uh, you can also watch What If and, uh, and join us over there. We'd love to hear your feedback as well. You can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com with your thoughts. Even if you want to email us about the Bad Batch season one and of your overall thoughts, email us there. Uh, we'd love to hear from you too. And because it is the ending of the season, we'd love that if you like what you've heard, you want to support us going into season two, into the What If universe, in the, as we cover the MCU, as we lean forward into why the last man. I'm not saying why why the last man. It's why the letter the last man. I mean, it's confusing, but we'll explain it all in the series as we talk about mm-hmm. it. If you want to know what else we have coming up this year, just this year alone, jump over to episode 600 podcast where we break it all down. We go through it. And if you like what you hear, feel free to support us. We'd love it with just a single intergalactic credit. You can head on over to patreon.com slash TV podcast industries where, as I said, for a single galactic credit or, you know, anything that's kind of under the table, maybe some spice. Who knows? You got spice? Who knows? (laughs) You can support us, help keep the engines running, the hamsters spinning, and you can also help keep our illustrious podcast director, producer, editor extraordinaire, Derek, in coffee by going on over to buymecoffee.com slash TVPI, where you can literally buy him a coffee as he toils into the wee hours as John and I sun ourselves in <laughs> the the LCD bathed moonlight that is other TV shows while he sits in the office typing I was, away. I was wondering about your scientific knowledge there, Chris, sunbathing at night. Uh, I know, yeah. it's, it's bathing in LCD, you know, it's like if I put a fake sun up, it almost like I'm outside is the real thing. My screen is that big. Yes, uh, and of course you can always support us by subscribing but importantly sharing the podcast to share the love as well 
But let us get into our spoiler-filled review. Mm. Derek, what are some of the episode details for this finale of the Bad Batch series? Absolutely. For the final time, executive producers of this show are Brad Rao and Jennifer Corbett. Uh, this episode was written by Jennifer Corbett, and the episode was directed once again by Saul Ruiz. Uh, John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the episode? Sure. With a hail of laser fire raining down from Vice Admiral Rampart's Venator-class starships, the cloning facilities of Kamino crack apart. With the Kaminoan facility breaking apart around them, the Bad Batch, their new droid AZ, and a sour crosshair have to make it to their ship, the Havoc Marauder, to escape. Making their way from the central buildings to Nolase's private lab is fraught with danger. Separated by blast doors from the Bad Batch and with seawater rapidly encroaching in their enclosed chamber, Omega struggles to free cross her, trapped under a fallen rebar. Using her ingenuity, she manages to free him and reunites with her team. As they reach the lab, where they were all previously cloned and experimented on, the disintegrating facility detaches and falls to the bottom of the Kaminoan's ocean. To free themselves from a watery grave, the team use their original testing tubes and, guided by AZ, float themselves to the surface. When AZ and Omega are trapped trying to escape, Crosshair uses his deadshot skills to save them. Finally reaching their destination, the Bad Batch offers to take Crosshair with them, but he refuses. Amiga pleads with him, saying he is a brother to them all, but Crosshair's mind is made up. Camino, the Republic, Regulation Clone Troopers and the Bad Batch are over. In their place, the Empire will rise, and he will be a part of it. With his faith in the Empire, he stays behind, hoping to be rescued by Imperial Scouts, while the Bad Batch board their ship and leave. Meanwhile, on another world, Kaminoan lead cloning scientist Nala Say is delivered to a new Imperial base, and the Empire has many new projects that require her expertise. Excellent. Certainly an episode fraught with danger and tension um, throughout, but I'll definitely point out that this is exactly what I said would happen last week. (laughs) (laughs) It certainly is. Not realising it. I think, uh, Chris, you were talking about it as well, saying you kind of hoped that uh, they got separated and I said the entire episode would then just be the whole batch trying to get back together and get back to the Havoc Marauder and that's pretty much what happened. I didn't believe that was what was going to happen. I kept hearing from people that there were going to be some big moment in the episode where some uh, some big character from the Star Wars universe would appear but this does stay really closely on our Bad Batch characters and on, on, on their relationship across there for the finale of the season which I think in the end was a good choice personally. I think that was a, it was a really good episode keeping it tight on these major characters. Yeah, I think so too. I, I thought it was certainly definitely a solid episode. I was, unlike yourself, I did think we were going to be um, sort of taken off Camino relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, all the action here on Camino um, at the facility. And so I like, I just wondered how that was going to play out when it began to, you know, when I realized ultimately that it was them escaping the destruction of uh, what uh, Rampart had, had done in terms of the destruction of this facility. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I thought ultimately it was really solid. And, and in the end, I, I loved uh, a number of choices that they did here for, for this last episode. Um, and it certainly fits into, I guess, what, you know, very recently was described as the Game of Thrones ending to the season, where actually it's the... It's the penultimate episode that has the big wham-bam, and you have then in the final episode almost a bit of... um, It's kind of the wrapping up. It's maybe not quite as high-octane as um, the the penultimate one. So Mm. it it kind of took on, on that kind of feel for these last two episodes. As an episode, it was great. Mm -hmm. This had to have been midway through, mid-season? Potentially even where it's, it's that, um, it kind of, they, they were split off at the, the midpoint and this was them kind of fully going their way. And then it was, it would have been fantastic. This feels to me, they thought they were getting one or two more. Oh, really? Ep- yeah. It just, it's the last episode, the penultimate felt more like the season finale. This, the stakes were raised and this feels like, Maybe it was a two-parter. Maybe it was like, it is a two-parter, but maybe it was supposed to be, um, shown together. Yeah. As this kind of 
overarching, you go up, you go up, you go up, and then it's a kind of, it's a slight, but this just felt with the gap of a week, I'm not going to lie, I, I feel slightly deflated based on the ending, because I was just like, I was expect like, the post-credit, I was expecting that then to be, and here's why you cannot wait for season two, and it's kind of just setting up a potential bit of a thing for season two it's not like this it wasn't like darth maul walking out or yeah it wasn't like um a a a really well as you said a well-known star wars character being introduced or into the what will be the bad patch season two like it, it was just it felt like it was either it's either missing something or they didn't know they were getting a season two, and they were just trying to set like level set back to like ground zero to go. Okay, here's yeah. everything, and if we get a season two, this is grand. This will be where our pieces are on the chessboard. I think there was no doubt they were getting a season two. That there was no question over that yeah. when they were coming up to the, particularly getting to the end of this season. They certainly knew hmm. they were getting a season two. I think you are right, though, Chris. I think it said. Um, when it was released last week, episode 15 was released. That was part one of a two-part finale. This week, part two of a two-part finale. So I think it was quite likely that those two episodes were supposed to air on the same day, the same way the first episode was actually the first three episodes all airing on the same day. So yeah. that's why the numbers seem off, the numbers of episodes for the season of 16 episodes. That's why it seems off, because the first three episodes were all aired in the same day as episode one. So um, so you're probably right on that. But they definitely knew they had the season two by the time they'd written this finale and, and put it together, without a doubt. I don't, I don't think they open and shut studios that easily uh, within Lucasfilm. I think they know they've got something here, uh, particularly in those, in those first half of the season with the amount of work going into developing the characters and developing the models. I think it's mm-hmm. unlikely that they weren't going to go on to a season two. I think also just everything you said, Chris, I, I think, you know, that that weak gap, I, I guess, just puts a different spin on this. But I, I, I do also think that as a final episode, in terms of the story or the premise of this show around the Bad Batch, which effectively it is... Um, ripped apart with the loss of of crosshair finding their feet again i think this very much was about the the resolution of that story so in that sense it is a fitting finale and being done in the burnt out chamber i guess of uh the kaminoan facility where they all started um, I, yeah. I, I think it, it's just as you say you with the week's break you you detach from it uh, and you will, you know, you're waiting for the next one. And I guess, um, I think together they probably, um, it would have felt very different because it would have maintained the, 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 the whole momentum. And I think, um, you know, moving on to our blaster point one around traversing and the destruction of Camino, um, and, and building on what I've just said, it, it's, you know, it, this opens up really nicely with Vice Admiral Rampart, um, you know, it's so atmospheric. I mean, almost too dark, but yeah. like so atmospheric with this continued barrage of laser fire from Fabulous the shot. the ships, yeah. and um, just his sort of objective detachment as, as a as a, a member of the Imperial Navy. Uh, it just feels so cold and everything when you and and you see what's happening so you know it it really does follow straight on and then into this whole um sort of escape mm-hmm. of the bad batch carrying an unconscious crosshair picking up uh, az uh, to try and traverse this this camino that is just being destroyed yeah. and beginning to fall apart and and disintegrate and i i, yeah. I just thought that in it as well was epic some of the shots here oh yeah were just epic like uh, on the underwater shots um all of that really mm-hmm. uh you know just the big spaces that they did even within uh the Camino facility I thought were were really good yeah absolutely got you know all season we've been saying how good the the animation has been in the show and I think this episode is fantastic for that uh, for those scenes there's some so many great scenes but just quickly to go back to uh to Rampart and his coldness on the uh on the the Venator class uh, starship um 
Did anybody else notice the uh, the stormtrooper that came up to uh, to tell him that the planet's being destroyed? And he yes. does look much more like the regular stormtroopers really that we does. saw uh, early on in the season. Looks very similar. But I thought I detected a little bit of a um, a little bit of sadness in his voice when he was saying the entire facility on Camino has been destroyed. You could almost see that his head was hanging a little bit by this idea that it's being destroyed. And I, I think that's kind of a a touch to the fact that he's not a clone. He's a higher trooper like the rest of the of the stormtroopers but uh, anybody else notice that with the, with the yeah definitely i and i noticed the evolution even in quite a short space of time although it's probably just a different trooper and um, of actually a fully formed stormtrooper as mm-hmm. you say like you would have seen in a new hope and um, compared to the ones we saw in that secret facility where they were being trained which yeah. Um, I guess just gave that nod to Ralph McQuarrie's design yeah. um, originally for for the stormtroopers. So um, that was kind of really really interesting, and and yeah, the the kind of the the hesitancy in his voice, I think, yeah. uh, in relaying the the status. Yeah, um, the yeah. entire facility is destroyed. Yeah. I took it as, are we the bad guys? <laughs> exactly. I, we've come back to that joke quite a lot yeah. this season, but it is because we are seeing the formative years of the Empire. Literally, the formative days, months of the Empire. Mm-hmm. As they form, and, yeah, as they as they create everything, yeah, that we know. Yeah, yeah and just seeing the, the, the introduction of what we class as the OG Stormtroopers, mm-hmm. Seeing that these people going, oh god, yeah, like the the the, the facility's been destroyed. Yeah, yeah. That that is just like yeah, we we've just committed somewhat. The, I was going to say genocide, but that's probably not. But no. like, no, because no one in there. So it's more just complete and total destruction of this momentous piece in history in the Republic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's it. Like the planet coming out, Camino is a, an ocean planet. There's no structures on it other than what was built there by the Kaminoans. And they've just mm. set some, sent some bombs down and blown it up and off they go, you know, kind of thing. So yeah, I, I'm going to reverse the clock back. Um, I'm so that, that opening shot, as you said, with the, the Star Destroyers, I want that. Mm-hmm. I, I want, if we were still doing stills, if you could still buy stills, mm-hmm. that's what I would want to do. Yeah. Just the the dark grey, the swirling clouds, the shooting lights, yeah. or the lightning, I should say. Yeah. Um just that that is the, the Emmy award winning animation kind of graphic design yeah. like hope piece. So. Yeah. It's so atmospheric. I mean it that's really the is. Word, yeah. Because yeah. it is you because and they're, then, they're literally in the atmosphere, and, <laughs> but it's also <laughs> atmospheric yeah. in the other sense as well. Rain lashing against the windows, you can see the barrage of the of the barrels firing down on the planet. It's all everything is just yeah. so well put together in that scene. Yeah, the the only bit that we 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 st- we touched on the odd time throughout the throughout the season, and it was just more this opening scene that got the hair standing up on my arms mm-hmm. was the the composition. Just the choice of the, the, what we well know now as the kind of imperial sound, the, the cutting, cutting of the guns firing. Obviously, that's quite lower. Uh, my cutting, cutting is it's kind of like pew, 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 pew. It's just out of key completely. Um, but that just sounds- You can't even get the note of, of blaster fire, correct? Oh no, Chris. no, no, no! My blaster fire is pew 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 pew. Anyway, that just the composition, the sound design for this just opening scene, leading to the echoes of the sound in the chambers where we meet the bad batch mm-hmm. of the water dripping of them shouting and when. Uh, skipping slightly when, um, Omega is trying to fire her bow caster to save Crosshair. Mm-hmm. The, you hear it reverberate? Yep. And it could be just, I look, I, I love my TV. I love my surround sound system. And you could, it was on the right hand side of my sound system. Right. It was designed that it traveled from the right back. And I could hear it move. And that's probably 
maybe because I haven't watched many of the episodes in that room for a while, mm-hmm. but just hearing the soundscape, yeah. you get that with the great surround sound. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting with great surround sound in a show like this. It's so good. Just because yeah. you expect just standard kind of run-of-the-mill animated kind of shows. This is just a bull. And thinking of it, I shouldn't have been surprised. It is yeah. LucasArts. Absolutely. They are one of the, the, the OGs for kind of sound design and uh, like special effects and everything. Absolutely. And remember, you know, they've, they've got studios for specifically making great sound design and they, and they have, they're in the business of this as well. They have so many seasons of the Clone Wars before this as well. Yes. So they know how to make this stuff good. And yeah, if you have, if you've been watching this on your phone or if you're watching it on your laptop, uh, watch it on the biggest screen you have in your home, uh, every time and try and get the best quality version of it because it always looks great. But this yeah. episode definitely the atmosphere that's in there. It felt really tense throughout the episode. And I, I think to refer back again to last week, I think I specifically said, we know there's n- they're not in any danger. We know there's uh, their ship is there. We know they just have to get there, and they will. And that is basically what happened in the episode. But there is a lot of tension because I do feel they set it up quite well that anybody could go at any time. There's multiple moments throughout the episode where you could have had somebody fall through a hole and you'd never see them again or uh, somebody die and they have to go on. So they did have the tension there, which I didn't think was going to be there since we knew there was an escape route. Well, well, there was so much stuff sort of falling from the sky or falling through mm-hmm. the ocean. You know, it's the reason why Crosshair had to be saved by Amiga yeah. because he had a big iron bar across him um, that he had been trapped by. Um, I think he was still unconscious as well. With As they're escaping... Um, back up to where the Havoc Marauder is using their kind of uh, cloning tubes. Um, that there's all that debris falling through. It almost takes out uh, Amiga and um, AZ mm-hmm. as well. Uh, so all of these um, different um, situations are just really, really perilous. You just thought, okay, one of them is going to get it here. I mean, I, I really... It wasn't, you know, as we got towards the end where I thought, oh, it could be AZ's time to, um, that, you know, go effectively. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, to that, I think as well, you've seen a real development in Amiga uh, across this series, you know, from yep. sort of opening up that cloning tube and chamber to go and rescue AZ, but also how, you know, rescuing Crosser using her bow. Um, and, uh, AZ to, to get him free. And, um, I mean, even given responsibility, uh, to, dare I say it, blow the bloody doors off, uh, when they actually initially <laughs> do the escape with the, um, the, with the birthing tubes or yeah. the cloning tubes. And, um, yeah. I, yeah, I thought she was really, uh, really good here. I mean, I, I like the kind of little nod that Cross her said, when did you put her in control mm-hmm. in, in, or as the lead in, in the team? Um, I thought that was, um, really good. And then, you know, she's also just really sage, um, at the moment where they have escaped. But I think we'll come to that in, in Blaster Point 2. Yeah. You know, so she's, she's done a lot of growing up. Um, but we also now know that she's, is technically older than the Bad Batch. You know, um, I'm so glad they confirmed that because we were speculating about that last week. We wondered whether it was a couple of weeks or a couple of years or anything like that. She even says here, I was alone for that whole time down here in the lab before you guys were brought in. That's why she thinks of them as her brothers. It's that she was there for a long time before they came down. So she is possibly five to six years older or maybe even older than that. Um just significantly older than the rest of the batch. She's been around a lot longer and was alone until they came in. So I'm really glad they confirmed it in that dialogue. Yeah, no, definitely. Anything else about the escape from uh, and traversing across Camino that you want to talk about, Chris? No, not very much. Uh, for me, it was just quite a fun um, escape attempt, if you will. It was just they, they, their choices were not what I would have thought. Usually you kind of go, get up, 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 and there's like, no, we need to get up and across. Mm-hmm. Because throughout most of it, I was like, why not just float on the surface of the sea and swim? Mm. That was just the part of me that was always, why go? Why not just try and get up and then go over versus going down, under, and up again? And that was the bit I was like, 
Okay, because it's good storytelling. <laughs> well, I, I, I think they were trying to do that for sure. But, I mean, it's that first point where they get separated by the blast doors yeah. and it's so destroyed they actually can't get out. And that's where um, Tech says there's a, a, another, um, you know, another route that we can take. Um Plus, I guess they would have to swim and still at that time crosses all um, unconscious being carried. Uh, but I, I did like the fact that Tech's route does take them to their old quarters. So they've got the little, um, uh, the little uh, tally marks yep. going on um, yeah. to, to show that. So I, I thought that was all really, really good. And I think it was, it was definitely really, really good. Yeah. But I also loved the, what's being added to it the whole time is that the building that they're in is collapsing into the water. So everything's going diagonally at a time. So you're right, Chris, they should be trying to get to the surface of the water, but everything's collapsing into the water and they're being dragged down below. And I love that rooms that they're in are spinning. They're turning as it's falling towards the ground. They have to wait for a moment as everything, as they're hanging off. Um, the tubes effectively as that's turning and they have to wait for a moment for it to settle down before they're able to make their next move. So everything's playing into their plan and their original plan was just simply to try and get back to that tube that took them directly to the platform where they were able to take off. So I do love that while they may, while they should have been making a basic plan just to get out into the water, they were making a strategic plan to get somewhere safe and everything yeah. was against them the whole way across. Even the, the idea of when they're going through the tube and they have that giant whale creature, the AWAS, I think it's called, that attacks them when they're in the tube and effectively is trying to crack through the tube with its teeth until, until they get out of time. All of those things just added, adding to the tension. That was cool. Agreed. Because that was the one for me where it was all moving because they were yeah. like slowly walking at an incline. Mm-hmm. And then they were literally climbing, and then yeah. they were back to walking. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. That was a nice way of showing it. Yeah, I, I have to say as well, loved the scene as the facility plummets to the bottom of the ocean, and you you see you see it turning as you say, but where they're all hanging on. Yeah. And then as it hits the bottom, the camera cuts back to the, the corridor that's now, uh, all the, you know, is, is, um, effectively vertical. Um, and you see the jolt of that and them desperately trying to hang on to, uh, the, the bits of metal that they've, um, grabbed onto. And I thought that was a real movie shot, actually, that they did. Just the way that sequence of shots was done felt epic and really um, as though it was straight out of a movie. Yeah. I, I thought it was really, really good um, for for me. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, moving on to Blaster Point 2, yes. uh, which is all about the, the Hunter um, versus Crosshair, really. It, it, it's this... It's this idea, as as we see all the way through, you know, Crosshair looks like he's just been eating lemons, um, <laughs> basically, yes. all the way through. <laughs> and it and it really just starts the moment uh, Crosshair um, wakes up from having been knocked out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, to begin with, it was just really, he just says, what have you done? Yeah. Uh, as though all the chaos, like they put so many explosive devices around the yeah. facility that it was all their fault because he had no idea and um, that effectively uh, Rampart had ordered uh, the destruction from the air. So yeah. Uh, thought like that he, was really good, and yeah. like it he was has just the bad batch before he does know how much destruction they can do. No, exactly, <laughs> like this but, is your fault. But just <laughs> there's so much um, sort of prodding mm-hmm. and poking uh, between these two. Uh, but I did think, you know, it, this was really this antagonism between the two, mm-hmm. uh, following on from the 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 last episode. Um, was really good and ultimately at its heart again um, it, it's that Crosshair wants to be with the Empire and and join it and possibly rise in the same way through the ranks of, of the uh, the army uh, in the same way that the Empire is rising throughout the galaxy you know he, that's where he's pinned his colors to yeah. um, even though you know he's got no inhibitor chip. Um, and for Hunter, it, it's, you know, we're giving you the choice now, or you can choose if you want to come. I think immediately after 
and that first volley of exchanges between the two, Honda just says, we're getting out of here. You can come with us if you want. Yep. It's your choice. You know, it's all about get, giving Crosser back the choice to maybe come back with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and certainly that's echoed uh, with uh, Amiga's um, sort of longing to have Crosshair back in, in the Bad Batch, actually. Yeah. Uh, you know, she makes the point that they are your brothers. Um, you know, after she's saved him and after they've gotten onto the platform where the Havoc Marauder is. And I, again, I think it just previously to Amiga, um, yeah, she's, she's just, you really see the growth in the character yeah. throughout this series. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was exceptional stuff, to be honest. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love the way this is written into the episode as well, because we haven't had much time with Crosshair and the Bad Batch together in this series. Uh, and I love that we do get those moments of tension all the way across. Every time they stop, there's a moment where Crosshair has something bad to say to, to Hunter, something about, you know, why are you letting this child lead us? And then something goes wrong and he goes, that's because you let a child lead you, <laughs> you know. So he's really picking at Hunter being the leader. So I wonder if just overall, if the tension between the two of them is that Crosshair feels he would be a better leader for the team and doesn't trust any of Hunter's decisions anymore because Hunter made that choice in his mind to move away from the Empire. Uh, I wonder if that's part of the tension between the two. I I think there's definitely yeah. an element there. I just think that anything they do will be annoying Crosshair because it's not leading to what he wants, which is ultimately the Bad Batch returning with him to the Empire. Yeah. Because good soldiers follow orders. Mm-hmm. And exactly. they they are not following the orders, and they never will anymore. Well, not the Empire's orders. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that's what it's going to end up continuing to be. Yeah. But I do, and, I do like that we had the other members of the Batch also kind of contributing to this argument and discussion we have wrecker uh putting in his spoke you know and, and crosser has a few choice words for him as well going you know is there something small going on in that tiny little brain of yours uh, and wrecker's effectively saying his disappointment he's, he's just airing his disappointment um and we have a little bit of uh, a little bit of tech um defending sort yeah. of or at least explaining who Crosshair is saying Crosshair has always been severe and unyielding. It's in his nature. You can't change that. He can't change that. That's who he is. And I love uh, Crosshair going, thanks for defending me. And Tech, of course, saying he's not. That's just simply who he is. That's it. That's just, yeah. that's just facts and details. I really like that actually from Tech. I thought, you know, it's just summing up his assessment of Crosshair. Exactly. I thought it was really good. Exactly. And again, smartly from the writers, Echo kept out of the conversation because Echo recently joined the Bad Batch. It doesn't have the same brotherly uh, relationship between the rest of them. So uh, Echo kind of kept separate from those conversations. It's like a, a, a really good choice and, and kind of stands out in its own way, even though he's silent. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, it, it has to. I thought there was really, I thought it was really funny though, just, you know, with the emotional kind of, ending certainly mm-hmm. with hunter saying that crosshair could come and him making his choice and amiga kind of in her own way trying to persuade him to come uh, uh as well i just i did kind of giggle to myself when effectively then it's like later <laughs> they just take off and leave him on the on this uh, platform hopefully it doesn't submerge back down hopefully that mechanism's not um still operating <laughs> true. yes true. Um, because otherwise he's he's in the drink yeah. um That's and i just thought that was that. really kind of just uh, you know it was just funny um and like, the, you don't, like it's not like you see somebody's one of the batch or amigas face pressed against the window you know <laughs> no, exactly. waving goodbye it was like okay we're getting okay the right off. we're <laughs> off um and yeah. the other one as well was the destruction um of camino and i think it's just after it's fallen and it's outside uh you know the windows of uh, Nolase's lab and there's you know things falling down and that and there were just three fish swimming past the the window yeah. and all i could think of was like dory kind of just keep swimming just keep swimming <laughs> because it's like otherwise they're going to get hit or something yeah. 
um, you know, move along, nothing's happened kind of yeah. thing. And uh, that, I just thought that's that the was... Lives of, that's the lives of terrors or the lives of, of, <laughs> yeah. uh, of, of the other species on this planet. Yeah, it's kind of like, so. this wasn't here three seconds ago, you know, forget about it, keep on swimming. Da, da, da. Uh, it was just really funny, and I, I guess it was a deliberate choice just to have three sort of normal-sized fish kind of swimming past mm-hmm. all this um, destruction. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, they, they were quite amusing to me. I think <laughs> excellent, excellent. I've just got one more thing about this about this point. Um, I love the moment when Crosser helps out to save Omega. I think it's a really good moment because we have a couple of things in it. We have him taking his gun, which we which we've seen many times before, but him taking his weapon. And from our perspective, pointing it at Hunter and Hunter thinking that's what he's doing, that he's taking the opportunity to kill him. Um, we see in the background, the rest of the batch think the same thing because, uh, both Tech and Wrecker have their guns trained on, uh, on Crosshair in case he yeah. does pull the trigger. That was a nice moment. I think that's really well, I, I was going to say film, but really well animated that whole scene because the tension is all still there. Um, I will say though, I thought we were never going to see AZ again, particularly when, uh, Crosshair does his saving move of shooting his weapon into the water to hit uh, AZ and drag up Omega and AZ. I thought he was basically using a, a crossbow bolt, effectively, that was going through and piercing the shell of AZ. I thought it was like, we have actually said goodbye. It was literally until right at the end when Omega says to him, thanks for saving AZ. I went, oh, okay. <laughs> the droid's still alive. Uh, I thought he was totally dead. <laughs> yep. Well, he did get a harpoon into the chest, so he, I guess he's a little damaged. It's a sticky substance or a sucker that's put on top of him to to uh, attract him back up, but it's not a harpoon through his body, which is what I thought it was. <laughs> so did um, I. No, I think it. You know, we've seen them before. The kind of bolts that just—it's like electromagnetic that just stick to any yeah. of the droids and things like that. Um, okay, I, I thought you meant me personally. I was like, I've never been in that situation. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was goner throughout this episode until because yeah, they, until they said those words, I was like, all right, they're writing him off. Yeah, like they we just got him, and they're like, nah, no, because we, not- yeah, we were laughing. We were watching it the second time because there's he keeps dropping lines about the fact that his batteries are dying. He's using up his batteries. He's, he's now tapped into yeah. his excess battery in the back there. So uh, I'm, I'm not long for this world is very much what keeps being said over and over again. And then it does look like he sacrifices himself. Great moment, uh, and then drops off into the drink. Uh, Amiga goes to save him, but it just does feel like that. And then I had the other thing in my mind. Um, we do have another droid aboard the Havoc Marauder, which is Gonky. Gonky! As we know. And yeah. effectively, Gonky's only function is to be a battery. And AZ <laughs> is no longer a battery. Are we going to have a merged Gonky and AZ next season? Are we going to have oh, AZ Gonk? It's like, um, it's like robot Frankenstein. There you go. Yeah, yeah. The head of AZ stuck onto the top of Gonky's body. <laughs> That'd uh, be hilarious. There you go. I don't let me design with the droids. repulsor things. Yeah, that, it's still going. Yeah. It's just like yeah. This <laughs> is why go. we're not allowed to design stuff. No, yeah. exactly. But I think moving on to Blaster Point Three uh, and Nala say, and just keeping that thread of design because um, I definitely think um, the the Imperial Army really needs to win some design awards <laughs> here because um, I. The the facility that they take uh, Nala say to, and you see the the uh, the the craft coming in to land. Mm-hmm. Um, wow! I just thought again, yeah, another cool imperial facility. I mean, I really need to kind of check myself here because I'm I'm beginning to think that maybe I've got a thing for author- authoritarian design mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. What what would the one previously <laughs> the, the the secret one? But I was just like. Oh, this is brilliant. Um, I'd love for our labs to be in that, you know, <laughs> somewhere like that. That would be cool. I kind and- of feel that unless you're an imperial, part of the Imperial Army or a James Bond villain, you don't get to build your labs. No, right exactly. Yet. Um, it's a real Imagine. shame. But why not? I know. <laughs> that is it the really question. It reduces the impact on the landscape. Yeah. yeah. Like, I want my, I want my, my lab in a hollowed out volcano. Or even an active volcano, because then you get central heating. <laughs> yeah, like it's Vader's, fine. like Vader's semi-detached. It's basically exactly. built over a, 
it's kind of way extravagant and built over a lava waterfall. I mean, it's like, wow, uh, these, these guys know how to build. Semi-detached, like it's even referred no, to as Vader's castle. I know, I'm joking. But I'm sure, you know, the, the Empire, their sort of housing, house-building program mm-hmm. would have just a load of kind of, you know, semi-detached type, and you know dormer bungalows and you know for townhouses right right next to um like a, a lava river for no reason i don't think they continue to bring on people uh, if they did that <laughs> <laughs> cut to the internal of the death star where you have the architect for the Galactic Empire going, yes, baby, I'm going to build it for you. Give me lava. Give me, give me hollow a mountain. We're going to hollow a mountain. We're going to add some steel. We're going to get ATAT, ATAT, if you will. And it's just like really flamboyant. And he's like, no, no, I just, just give me the normal. No, no, no. We're hollowing. Yeah, well, this is going to be like. built in the place so that you never get over your PTSD, uh, Lord <laughs> Vader. Um, you'll be constantly reminded of the agony that you went through by having all four limbs chopped off or burnt off. <laughs> and then he literally turns around, now you shall have the high ground. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> let us move on from our distractions here, because... <laughs> Yeah, Nala Say has a new position mm. in a massively cool and massive imperial uh, facility, yeah. um, and they've really certainly was... got um, they've certainly got a work plan lined up mm-hmm. uh, for her. Um, I, and, I was really yeah. distracted looking at the scene. I kept thinking it was the same planet that we were on last time, the other imperial facility yeah. that we saw in the past. But as you say, that was in kind of a hollowed out uh, mountain, whereas Could this be. is is two individual mountains that we see that have these uh, these cool um leveled buildings uh, inside like it, it looks completely different the second time oh, yeah, I watched it the first definitely. time just because the planet's really green and colorful which we don't we haven't seen that many of those in this season of the bad batch so i thought they were the two same planet but it may be uh, as you say um it look it did look different but uh definitely now saying not very happy about being in this position once again uh, is what that looked like to me um yeah i couldn't tell because she looks like that all the time she looked unhappy she's more eyes than sort of facial expressions i felt like her eyes were telling me that she was unhappy in this position that she was kind of stuck here i've always thought she's had kind of she's always sad eyes (laughs) you know um but i think uh projecting is what you're saying but i i think what we know (laughs) about um about scientists being involved with the empire is mm-hmm. that they're very very rarely there because they want to be that's very true um you know so it seems like nalase's already got her science uh minder with you know with all the the sort of communication stuff uh around mm-hmm. her ears a bit like the guy from cloud city um uh in empire strikes back yeah yeah, it seems like she's got a, a minder, to be honest. Um, but, you know, they have massive plans for her, mm. plenty of projects, love her scientific talent, and mm. um, I guess she's going to do bad things in this cool facility. Yes. Now, no confirmation, but we did speculate that there is one particular bad thing that uh, is to do with cloning and is in the Star Wars universe uh, that she could be working on from this point onwards, basically, which is the cloning of Palpatine. Yeah, or his longevity, you know, yeah. because like even just seeing with um with Amiga that she's older than the Bad Batch, yeah. yet considerably younger in appearance. Yep, yeah. if they can age them up, they can possibly stop aging as well. Yeah. Yes, who needs uh, anti aging cream? Well, that's it, and and it would fit into the whole Sith Jedi that idea of the the and certainly the Sith that the longevity mm. the. You know, the, the power of being able to sort of stretch through time and across the galaxy by the fact that it's still, um, you know, Palpatine, the Sith Lord, mm-hmm. the doing it. So, I mean, yeah, she's, she's probably, um, not got the best boss to work for, but nonetheless, um, yeah, they'll be interesting. I guess that's, that's the intrigue. That's the tee up, isn't it really yep. for, for the next season? I, I, I guess. It? 
Yeah. Well, to some extent, I mean, at least for Nala Say's character, and exactly, and, and I the, agree on that, and and, yeah. and the development, you know, like we were saying, how the development of seeing that transition from the Republic to the Empire, exactly. and this will be more of it. This will kind of be feeding into that, but it it will be, you know, Sid is still around. We know that there's Rex yep. and and all. So the, there's a lot of things there um, that can be uh, sort of drawn upon for for a season two. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the big things that is there from these last two episodes, the Batch have just seen uh, the Empire destroy a planet, destroy a cloning facility on a planet. That's a, that's quite a big move from yeah. the new Empire that just came out of the ashes of the old Republic or the new Republic, whichever one you, it is. Um, so they have that knowledge that they can bring to the Rebellion. This is a group that are willing to do quite significantly big moves. They also have all the stuff they've seen in all the individual planets. So uh, potentially that's that's where the show will go uh, in terms of the Bad Bats themselves uh, in future. But it is an interesting point to leave now to say at. Yeah, I agree. Do you remember the episode, I think it was season two of The Mandalorian, where they are Bill Burr's in that episode, and essentially there 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 is a similar um, type of base on the planet uh, where they 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 basically are trying to steal. They have to drive. They drive too fast. They drive too slow. And they I'm gonna say unobtainium, but it's not unobtainium. Uh, the the mineral if if it vibrates too much, it will explode. Right, yeah. The base looked quite similar to that. Okay. And I'm wondering if it's a precursor. Maybe, yeah. Um, And maybe it is to do with something around that in the future, which is there's a mineral on that planet that's needed for cloning, et cetera, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Um, It needed five lines more. Five sentences more of this scene. For me, it was just they didn't give the final breadcrumb yeah. To kind of just yeah. go, oh, now if they had have said, Emperor Palpatine uh, is looking forward to working with you, or X, yeah. or Y, or just something that just gives you that extra breadcrumb, that morsel, just to go, oh my God, and then it sets us all going. Exactly. And, and even I thought that, I was surprised it did finish there. I thought they were going, going to go to another shot of maybe seeing the Bad Batch, even whether it was arriving uh, back to Sid's place um, yeah. a- after that, or to uh, to to find Rex, or to wherever Rex was. We know they've been having those communications with him mm-hmm. uh, in the lead-up to this. Um, it could have even been that Rex rescued them in the end, you know, from just bobbing around in, in the yep. ocean. But, I mean, I, I definitely was surprised it did finish on the Nala Say uh, bit. Um, and I, I was expecting just to see the Bad Batch again right. arriving somewhere. See, I thought it was going to be something different. I thought that we, because we'd spent the entire episode with the Bad Batch, I was definitely expecting something at the end of the episode, but not the Bad Batch. I, I, I think the move to it being Nala Say in the last scene of the episode, wasn't a surprise. The fact that it was just effectively saying Nala Sae is now working for the Empire, which we knew last episode. We knew that they'd taken her and they were going to put her to work. Um, that's, w- that's what the surprise was, to, to your point, Chris. Um, should, they have get, should they have given us a little bit more lead into what season two is going to be at that point? I, I totally agree with you. But I thought that we were going to get something else. I did think that that was the point. If you're going to put another scene after we've seen the Bad Batch leave Camino for the final time, you should have something else at the end of the episode. I thought there was going to be something else at the end of the episode, potentially Palpatine or uh, or, or something else going on with the Empire. Um, it's what I expected. Do you remember that uh, scene we had with Fennec Shand? Mm-hmm. I think it was like midway through, just before the midpoint of the season, where you saw her talk to, we didn't know who at that point. And that just, that set us off. That was like, oh my God, do you think she's talking? Ba 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 ba. It was just enough, and it was just enough of a, yeah. a teaser to kind of this just miss just miss the mark. And I'm not saying it's because there is we did just had a lengthy five minute discussion, mm-hmm. but that's the discussion done versus what could have been because this season two probably at this point is is at least 2022. It is 2022. Confirm 2022. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there you go. That's kind of what. What I thought about that, this aspect of yeah, mm-hmm. 
Okay, good stuff. Uh, any final notes uh, from from this episode? I just have to call out my favourite line, probably of the entire season, uh, delivered by AZ, um, when he sees Crosshair uh, being woken up and goes, Greetings, CT9904. You've survived the aerial bombardment, but you are now moments away from drowning. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is the worst way to wake anybody up. Yeah. But it's a great moment for AZ. Really enjoyed that. <laughs> Chris, any any notes? For me, it's just we called it out already, which is just the cutting words that uh, Tech gets in when he says Crosshair has always been severe and unyielding in his nature. And he goes, I didn't expect you to stand up for me. I'm not standing up for you. Mm-hmm. It's just your nature. Exactly. It's just that backhanded, like, yeah. Psh- that's Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, no notes uh, for me either. So, uh, guys, Derek, uh, what did you think of this final episode of the first season of Bad Batch? I've loved this season overall. I mentioned at the start, this is what I jokingly said uh, was how they were going to end the season, that it was going to be them fighting their way to get off the planet. I thought that since they knew the way off, since the, the ship was right there, we knew it was right there, that it was going to be an easy um, five minutes, and if it, they extended it to an episode, it would be uh, be boring. There wouldn't be enough tension in it. I think they did a brilliant job of racking up the tension in every single room they're going through. If you're going to make a video game of the Bad Batch, make this episode into a video game where they have to make their way out of each individual room and fight diff- different battles all the way through. I thought it worked really well. Great tension. Loved it even more the second time I watched the episode. Um as the season finale, yes, I wanted a little bit more of a touch at the end of the episode. I would have loved to have seen something else at the end of the episode. But we know it's coming back next season. And I'm definitely looking forward to covering uh, the second season of The Bad Batch. How about yourself, Chris? What did you think of the finale of Bad Batch Season 1? I'm a 50-50 on it. Not, it. It was a fantastic episode as an episode of The Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. In, as you agreed, like the tension moving from room to room to get to escape was great and it was well done and you had the right level of writing and characterizations and we talked about the soundscape and the design and the the tension and the emotions in the the every aspect of it and just the the art choices um it's the upon the second viewing it's just the bit that keeps my sticking in my craw is that this was the season finale and it just didn't feel it felt like what had happened is we moved from a very large, like emotional racking finale in the previous and penultimate, and it just the 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 tension and everything just flowed down slightly and ebbed down and just didn't ratchet back up, and then missing the morsel that extra morsel that I wanted in the the in the the post credits. Just for me, just me meant it, it felt fantastic episode, so so finale. Because I, of course, I'm 100% in for the season two now, mm-hmm. coming in after all our discussions. It's just, I'm like, all right, it will come when it comes. I'm not going to sit here and discuss over the next six months with you going, but did you know what I thought this could be? I had this amazing idea. That may happen, it will just not happen to the same extent. Mm-hmm. So. I'd say uh, a solid four out of five. Just it could have could have been a five out of five. Excellent. But Johners, you have introed this episode, so we must move to you last. What did you think of this episode? I think I have similar opinions to yourself. I think um, to both of you. I mean, I think just wanted a little bit more at the end. Um, it wasn't how I thought it was going to play out, uh, but nonetheless, I thought it was really s- solid episode mm-hmm. and a solid finale. Um, uh, and, and I would give this four fishes of destruction out <laughs> of five. Um, I, I, th- I think, you know, ultimately the premise of this focused on the bad batch, um, potentially coming back together, but ultimately going their separate ways. It brought resolution to the issues by having that time between Hunter and Crosshair. I think it really showed um, the, you know, just the change and the development that ha- has occurred with Amiga and her role in in the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. I thought all the whole escape from Camino, uh, the you know that final bit of um, uh, of bombardment from the the Empire. Uh, you know, it, I thought it was really epic. I thought there was some really good. Yeah. And cinematic moments here, 
in terms of their scale um in terms of just how they they move the camera around um you know as 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 the the bad batch were trying to hold on uh, in that corridor that was going from horizontal to vertical mm-hmm. um, and and even the you know there was that explosion moment that you'd see in a war film where you know your ears are all tingling you've got that sort of sort of high pitch in your ear uh, you know they had that moment as well uh, in this so i thought that it was um I, I thought it was really really good um and certainly yeah, I'm on board for season two. Uh, so a, a good old four fishes of destruction out of five for me. I like fishes of destruction. That's really good. That's really good. Uh, one thing we didn't really settle on in the episode, I just wanted to talk about it. And we've all given our thoughts overall on what we thought, think about the episode. But one central thing that happened in the episode is the Bad Batch heading off and leaving Crosshair behind. Do you think they've put it to bed now? Not saying that he could never, ever return and join the Bad Batch, but do you think they've put that storyline to bed that crosshair is now on one side former member of the bad batch he's moved on he's going to join the empire and they've given each other a choice uh either come back and join us or you come over and join the empire definitely that storyline is now to bed really isn't it yeah that's not to say as you say that crosshair won't come back to the bad batch maybe someone feels they need to go to the empire Mm. Uh, when they see the comfy beds that they've got. But, um, you know, who knows? Um, not being constantly on the run, surviving, fighting for your life all the time. Although, to be honest, um, Crosser may also be saying, well, we kind of fall like flies pretty quickly as soon as we get into a laser fight. So, uh, yeah, I think there's definitely room for Crosser to come back in. But I, I think they can, I think they've established that, that dynamic, yeah. that, um, tension, within and they, they they've resolved it here um in terms of at least the at, for, for the foreseeable seasons at least for the next one were they lie on the um you know jedi sith good versus evil um rebellion empire spectrum uh so i i think yeah definitely right yeah 100 percent in my, in we we enter now season two with that storyline as you said put to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, they they may flirt with it every now and again. It's like that long lost girlfriend. You like you see her again. You kind of you have a joking hello, a casual look, but you've got your new love. You've got your your best friend now beside you in Omega. She is the new member of the batch. She is that. She is not filling crosshairs, but she is the sister to what was the band of brothers. She's even better. She's not questioning every single thing you do and saying, I could do that better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Thanks for that, guys. Uh, let's get on to some feedback from our wonderful fellow troopers. Yes. Um, first off, uh, some feedback sent to us uh, in an email from Paul Robinson. Paul says, hello, fellow troopers. Thank you for having a wonderfully concise podcast about what is growing into one of my favorite TV shows. First of all, please excuse the amount of comments in this email. I didn't find your podcast until a couple of weeks ago and started compiling a list of comments. So this email is going to cover a variety of topics. Sorry if it gets a bit rambly, but feel free to pick and choose the parts you want to talk about. Uh, I'll try to keep things brief. Firstly, Omega and Boba do not have inhibitor chips because they are not clones made for the Republic. Boba was made for Django, and Omega was made for the Kaminoans. That's right. Uh, two, yep. Juros, like Cad Bane, are some of the oldest characters in Star Wars. Mm. There are two Juros talking to each other in the Mos Eisley Cantina, and don't normally have respirators, and do not have gills. Ah, very good. Okay, okay thanks. Uh, Thirdly, in common ground, the planet Raxus is from Force Unleashed, where it is a junk planet. Perhaps this one will be as well. I should recognize that. I spent about four or five hours trying to get off that level <laughs> in, the, in the Force Unleashed video game. I spent four or five hours trying to get the slide right down one of the sides of uh, <laughs> a Star Destroyer on that planet. Yeah, 
But uh, it certainly looks um, like that, yeah, mm. definitely. Uh, number four, during the Ryloth episodes, Hera was voiced by Vanessa Marshall, who voiced Hera in Rebels. Yes, we should have said that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, did, I definitely noticed that, but yeah, that's, I love that's a great, back in. Yeah, that's a great call. Um, in War Mantle, the fighters that chase down the Marauder are called V-Wings and are from the prequel movies and usually used as a bomber. In the original Battlefront games, they were the Republic's fighter bomber during the space stages mm, good. good stuff and um, so yeah not really prototype tie fighter which mm. i think I, I was mentioning sixth there are a slew of references to the video game republic commando which is one of dave filioni's and my favorite games here are a couple one of the commandos is designed to look like the character scorch and the second one is when Hunter's helmet restarts during Reunion, it is the same hood as in the game. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. good stuff. Heads yeah. up display for yeah. the non-gamers. That's yeah. true, yes. Yeah. And finally, in Legends, the cloning equipment was taken to Wayland. Wayland was listed on a canon map of the galaxy. Wayland is also the planet that Nirogi, which is the species of Rook, who is Thrawn's bodyguard on Rebels, uh, which is great. Yes, the species Rook, um, I do remember that. It's kind of deadly assassin, really. Oh, right. uh, yeah, really good. Uh, I hope this didn't wander too much. Thanks, Paul. Uh, great stuff, Paul. Thanks for those uh, comments. I might have to just check the In Legends episode again because, uh, yes, that could be quite a nice little tie into seeing Thrawn eventually uh, in mm-hmm. this. It could be really cool. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Paul. It didn't wander too much. Great that you found us uh, during the season of the podcast for uh, for the Bad Patch. Hopefully, you'll join us for some of our other podcasts in the future as well. Yes, thank you so much, Paul. And please do join us. If you like The Bad Batch, you may really enjoy Invincible, so please check it out. Uh, over on Facebook, William Walton had this to say. Has Crosshair actually had his chip removed, or did the Empire just tell him they removed it? It doesn't make sense for the Empire to voluntarily remove it from him, or to let him remove it, as it removes their ability to control him the way they really want to. Thanks so much, Will. Yeah, I, part of me at one point did question this. I was like, like, if it, they told him, it's just his utterance of a good soldier follows orders, a good soldier follow orders. It's just his consistency with that. So every now and again, I do question, it's like, did he? Did they? But I think it's just, yes, they did. Yes, he did. And it's just that is crosshair. Yeah, I mean that's the thing because we we didn't see it happen, um, and you know that that spot that he's talking about, you know, given the fact he did have a starship's engine go off in his face mm-hmm. and and burn him, it could quite easily be the scarring from that. So this idea that um, maybe he's not entirely clear. And he's dependent on what other people, i.e. the Empire or Rampart, has said. Uh, then it'll be, um, you know, it's potentially something that could just be something of significance for a particular story or a um, particular moment um, in his relationship with the Empire or indeed with the Bad Batch. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of interesting there. Yeah, thanks so much, William. Absolutely. Thanks, Wayne. Uh, Dr. Bob Phillips says, A great ending to this season. Crosshair is still on the evil edge of the road, but nothing so far he can't come back. Nalase is the next series rescue mission, and AZ will be back to save the world again. Uh, how prescient of them to name the droid after the vaccine that sold at cost in low middle income countries. <laughs> there you go. So, AZ, AstraZeneca. Yeah, forever. absolutely. Well <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, it was. It was a really good episode, mm-hmm. and, and certainly. I think that putting to bed that we you question that you asked, yeah, it, it allows Crosshair, um, yeah, to potentially redeem himself, um, yeah, from, he didn't do from any- his empire choosing ways. Exactly, he didn't do anything really bad in this episode. He actually was a helper and a saver in this episode, so that's that's always a good sign. Isn't yeah, it? exactly. Thanks so much, Bob. Um, also on Facebook, Victor Sellers said. At first blush, this finale seemed anticlimactic, but the action drama and cinematic-like animation have me anticipating season two. Victor goes on to say, your podcast is a big thumbs up uh, for this season and also for Admiral or Vice Admiral Rampart. Um, Yeah, 
He's not a fan. He is that cold, calculated um, bureaucrat that does a lot of evil. <laughs> I think Victor Seller has his emojis spelling it boo, I think. As, as oh, maybe. Yeah. So not, boo. Not a fan. Yeah. Boo to Admiral <laughs> Rampart, for sure. Excellent. Thanks, um, Victor. Yeah. After this episode, certainly looking forward to season two. They keep this, this quality of animation is fantastic. I want to see as much of this in the Star Wars universe as I can because it really lends itself to this kind of animation. Great. And our final bit of feedback comes in from Deanna DeBrian Maskell, who says, What a gorgeous finale. So beautiful, poignant, and suspenseful. Love AZ's advice to stay alive. As much as I dislike Crosser, he still breaks my heart. Thanks, Deanna. Agree with you on those points. Uh, definitely love that uh, from AZ, just to stay alive. Uh, really important <laughs> kind of piece of advice from him. Um, yeah, Crosshair definitely breaking all of our hearts here when he doesn't take the option to join back up with the Bad Batch and just stares out across the ocean of Kamina. Great stuff. Uh, thanks so much, fellow troopers, for joining us on our 16th episode soiree into a galaxy far far away Mm -hmm. it's been a blast i've really really enjoyed it um and certainly it is great having uh the fellow troopers uh listening and commenting it's been great getting your feedback in and as mentioned we're currently covering another animated uh, series marvel's what if and we have just recorded the first episode but we'll be back for um, the second episode of Marvel's What If uh, next week as well. But this ultimately brings um, the end of our Bad Batch coverage for now. Uh, And certainly um, we'll be returning to this galaxy far, far away to soiree some more uh, in the future for for the season two in 2022. Yeah, Um, so can't wait for that. And of course... As we move on into the cooler autumn uh, and the chillier winter, uh, we will be there as well with Why the Last Man, also Hawkeye, loads of other stuff as well. Yes, and we'll be back for Miss Marvel as well as The Witcher Season 2 in December. For now, thank you so much. Pleasure talking through the Bad Bad Season 1 with you and we'll mm-hmm. be back in Season 2. Yeah, absolutely. Lots and lots of stuff uh, to cover between now and Bad Bad Season 2. Um, there are 10 other Star Wars shows coming out. Actually, 10, including Season 2 of the Bad Batch. So nine other Star Wars Woo! shows. So you never know, we may be back whoop, whoop. in a galaxy far, far away with our wonderful fellow troopers uh, before Season 2, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll speak to you next time. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for listening, as always. It's great chit-chatting with uh, you all. Remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep trooping. Bye. 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 Bye.